Hello and welcome back to And In Other News, the podcast where we aim to bring you the lighter side of the news. I'm Daisy. And I'm Ellie. And this week we're going to bring you one story that's a little bit weird and wacky, one to make you think, and we'll leave on something that will warm your heart. Should we get started? Let's go for it. So the first story, this is our slightly weird and wacky story, and it's about the big one in Blackpool Pleasure Beach, the roller coaster breaking down. And then this isn't just any old roller coaster breaking down story where some people were stuck oh, yeah. for the common minutes. story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when you hear about these things, it's like, yeah, we were stuck for like 20 minutes. And then it just started going again. Yeah. This is not that. Let me tell you now. This is (laughs) the passengers on the ride had to climb down the roller coaster um, and the tracks and everything. Yeah. So the park staff had to climb up first to like go and meet the people on the ride and then help them down so that it was all done safely and to make the people less scared. Is that in their job description? I I feel like it's definitely in their job description but it's the kind of thing you'll just sign and be like well that never happened and then yeah, it comes so to it true. and you're like oh no now I've actually got to go and <laughs> scale this roller coaster because yeah. isn't it like one of the tallest ones in the UK yeah yeah no it is and what I didn't know and I've learned since reading this article was that it was originally built in 1994 and at that point it was the tallest and steepest roller coaster in the world really <laughs> Apparently. Oh my gosh. I don't know about now. Obviously, I think there's ones that have topped it, but it is obviously still pretty tall and pretty steep. And were they stuck at the top? Yeah. Honestly, the thought actually uh, makes my stomach scrunch up. I can't imagine. Yeah, well, a lot of people were saying if I'd have been stuck there, you'd have had to use a crane to get me out. There was no way I'd be walking down there. That's what I was going to say. Like, what would you do in that situation? Would you follow them down or would you just wait to be like, I know, airlifted out of the roller coaster. What's the plan? Honestly, well, I feel like you've got fight, flight, or freeze, haven't you? Yeah. I think I'd do a combination of all three. Nice. It's like when you go on the high ropes or something as a little kid, you look (laughs) down and you're like, I should never ever have looked down. What would you do? I think I'd just follow the crowd and just go down being led by the people. They look like little ants going down from the from the footage that was taken in the distance. It's like all these people like stood up like walking down the track. Yeah, they look like migrating ants. Oh my word. I think I just want to be off as soon as possible. Yeah. Because you get on a roller coaster. I don't know if you like them or not. I don't particularly like them. I get on ready to come off. If I was on that and then it stopped, I'd be like, sorry, I did not sign up for this. Yeah, I love roller coasters. And touch wood, I haven't been on one for a while. So who knows what will happen next time. But I'm not like scared of heights and things like that. But I think the whole concept of it malfunctioning when I'm on it like it's not supposed to stop and it's stopped and they're not supposed to break so if it stops when it's not supposed to do that then my thoughts are like hmm what else could happen that they haven't really planned for yeah and I think the fun part about the danger of roller coasters is that you know it's not really dangerous Yes. So when it is, and when you're stuck in Blackpool, also it must have been Baltic. It's so cold right now at the top of it's there. It's so true. Maybe that was why there was the rush to get people down rather than just like kind of sitting out and waiting. It was a case of we're freezing cold up here. It's so windy. Or you see, don't you, films of people getting stuck on ski chairlifts and being stuck there for days and horrible. Oh, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> I think I'll stick to it. it's a small world and. <laughs> yes. 
that sounds like a safe option. It's like that, you know, when you get the fares that come to your town and you go up yeah. on those rides and you're like at the top and you can feel the actual ride swaying. Yeah, because the ride has literally come out of a suitcase. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to think about it too much. It's going to send me spiraling and I don't need that today. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> And in other news, this story is in The Independent and it's called Why Do We Hate Follow People on Social Media? Ooh. And I read the title of this and I was like, do you know what I do? Like, I don't want to admit that I do, but mm. I do. And Kimberly Bond is talking about how, especially during lockdown, people have started using social media more and the reasons why you kind of follow people that you don't like. And it's not a kind of thing where you follow people that you don't like that are doing badly. So it's kind of like, oh, unpleasant things happening to bad people. It's following people you don't like that are successful to make yourself jealous and make yourself feel bad. <laughs> so like I'm at this point in my life now where we've all left uni. A lot of people mm. are at wildly different positions in their life. And so I have a lot of friends that will all follow people that are more successful than us just to kind of make yourself feel bad. And apparently it's because it releases the same endorphins in your brain as following someone you like the hate and love emotions are really linked so it oh. all releases serotonin dopamine all of that when you're emotionally involved with somebody it releases the same hormones oh my god like, no matter whether it's good or bad that's crazy mm-hmm. yeah I wouldn't say I follow people because I hate them. It's more to do with jealousy, I think. I see. It's like when you ask a question that you don't want to know the answer to, but like you still have to ask and you're like, yeah, there it is. There it is. Just to feel something. self-sabotage isn't it yeah and I think it's kind of to elicit a sort of emotional response within you so during lockdown especially when you had no other social interactions with people I guess it was kind of a way to get some form of emotion because everything was so I'm doing like a wall in front of my face hand you can't (laughs) see it the podcast but it's there intriguing do you think you do I'm trying to think of an example as soon as you started saying it I was like oh like oh who do I hate follow but then I was like I don't think I personally do. There's people that I follow that I don't actually like, but I kind of have to follow them, but then I just mute them. Yeah. So then I still don't actually see the content. Yeah. I don't think I hate follow anybody. I think if I need to, I'll seek it out, which sounds really bad. Yeah, I get you. Really successful people my age that have global businesses or careers Mm. and stuff. I remember I really liked watching the X Factor when I was younger because I was too young to go on it. So I was like, well, I can't compare to any of these people. And then as soon as I turned 16, I was like, nah, nah, I cannot be having this. They're all my age and they're all out of school. But it's not. But it's not because I can't sing. So... (laughs) It's quite an easy outlet for emotions. And also, mm. the, I think people used to do it before social media through buying things like gossip magazines and stuff. And obviously now oh. it's all so much more accessible. Yeah. And also then Instagram really messes with you because if you click on certain content or you save certain content, it will keep bringing that back up. Yep. So it's like a vicious cycle and you can't get rid of it, really. My Instagram algorithm is so strange because I've had it so long and my tastes have changed so much that it still kind of shows me stuff that I liked years and years ago. I don't know about you. It's really bizarre. Yeah. Well, mine's done. Like <laughs> I've come like full circle. So when I first started my Instagram, all my posts 
were either of my little sisters or reposting things from like fan accounts that I followed of all the teen fiction I was reading yes I and so that's just like what all my content yeah exactly and then you know since I've stopped doing that for quite a while now but my explore page in the last couple of months or so is literally just full of twilight content and I don't know how this like restarted but also I can see how it's carrying on because I engage with it I'm like oh what's that yeah. Colin's in today and then we'll click on it and then we'll scroll through all the other ones be like watching the videos like oh yes I love this scene and it's just it's the content that I did not sign up for on purpose but that I will happily welcome I feel that I always use Instagram when I'm hungry and mm. so my explore page is essentially just cake yes. I'm not mad about it but now I can't right. go on Instagram without getting hungry but yeah without eating a little snack yeah and so then every now and then I'll start getting obsessed with something really random and then it'll slowly start to filter down on your explore page. <laughs> like this is really confusing there's no continuity here between any of these posts whatsoever and I think as well the article was talking about how actually it might be a good thing because mm. you can very easily curate a social media that's an echo chamber of things you like and you never get yes. any alternative opinions so I guess in that sense maybe it's good but okay. It's still very insular, I think, and it's still very much a bubble, isn't it? It's like what we've spoken about before. Yes. Social media being what you make it. And so you tailor it to, oh, the whole world thinks the same as me when actually you're only following people that think the same as you. Yes. Yes. That certainly did make me think. I'm glad. And in other news, this story is one that's a little bit like unconventionally heartwarming. And it's about the, quote, safety pilot event of clubs reopening that took place in Liverpool over the weekend. Just having a basically a normal club night with like 6,000 people for the first time since, well, for the first time legally, I suppose, since clubs shut way back when in March 2020. I love this. So my cousin was there. I saw on Instagram that he was at a gig and I was like, what on earth is going on? And then I realised I'm going to get him to send me a voice note and tell me what it was like and I'll pop it in here. Yeah, it was really good. It it felt safe because you needed a test for entry and that was all taken very seriously. But it was nice to sort of get back to a bit of normality and there's probably more of the alcohol, but it didn't really like hit me till afterwards what I'd just done and there there was no distancing and all that. You know, it, it was quite refreshing really but yeah it was really good yeah it looked amazing I was so 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 jealous wouldn't you have loved to be there honestly honestly and just the way that like it's I think I mean this sounds kind of crazy and obviously that all the results aren't back from all the testing and stuff yet but it sounds safer than like a lot of other kind of lesser things that are allowed and this is what the people were saying as well like it just felt very safe because every single person went in there they could only go in if they had a negative test yeah and you know you don't have that if you go to the supermarket you don't have that when you're doing like outside pub gardens and even though that's outside you're still in close proximity to people yeah completely I know so many people that have caught covid from the supermarket and it's like yeah they don't ever do negative tests they don't even really make you hand sanitize if you don't want to no yeah it's just like up to you my supermarket that I go to is wild I go purely (laughs) because it's a flight every time I go but it's so busy there's like no social distancing really at all because they just let so 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 many people in and I'm like if I were at a gig knowing everyone was covid negative I'd feel a million times better than I do when I do my food shop (laughs) yeah Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's what's sort of heartwarming about this is that people were able to enjoy that night 
not kind of have to feel guilty about doing something that people absolutely love and that is such an integral part of people's social calendars usually that they haven't been able to do for so long and that they were able to just enjoy it without having to have this kind of new awareness of like must keep two meters apart must keep my face mask on like there was none of that which must have been so liberating in a way that like clubbing already is and then this is like times 10 because you haven't had it for so long yeah yeah massively I think one thing that scares me is the thought of having a mask as like second nature a lot of the time now where I'm watching tv or something and it's set pre-covid I'm like where are your masks where's your distancing and I hate (laughs) that that's so ingrained in me now I can't Mm. imagine what it would feel like to go to a club night where you just didn't have to do any of that and it would be so yeah so liberating yeah I know a lot of people and like myself included have kind of thought not for all the time and you know not for when you're doing things like this but like for example in supermarkets or places where you are interacting with just like a lot of strangers would you like continue wearing a mask even when it's not the law anymore I've always said I will stay wearing a mask on the underground forever because I don't want to catch any more colds (laughs) Um, I'm happy to do it and I think things like always having hand sanitizer on me and that sort of thing I'm definitely Mm. gonna keep doing equally it would be really nice to not get to the bottom of the flight of stairs leading up to my flat and realizing I forgot my mask and having to go all the way back up so like yeah it's Yeah, I think I will keep doing it. And I think people will be a lot more health conscious. And I know that people have said once they're vaccinated, people can be a little bit complacent. I haven't found that at all. Most of the time I forget and I'm still just as wary as I was, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, no, I think it's a good thing. What will be really nice will be when you're walking down the street and people don't step to avoid one another anymore. Yeah. And you don't act like everyone's the enemy because that's what I really don't like. What about you? Yeah, no, I think I completely agree with you. Like the underground, yeah, places where... And like, yeah, and just doing things that we've done that maybe we should have been doing before anyway. Just like being a bit more conscious, encouraging people to wash their hands. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but just without the sort of really intense pressure to do so. But yeah, I think everyone kind of find it more that it's just their instinct to do it. Will you ever eat a birthday cake someone's blown out the candles of again? Yes, because I love birthday cake and blowing out the candles is such an important part of that. (laughs) And it's been super sad that people haven't been able to do that. And usually, you know, I'm not going to be eating the cake of enemies or strangers so it's my family and friends anyway you know I don't mind a bit of candle spit (laughs) I won't be eating the cake of my enemies I will I'll eat anyone's cake now I'll eat the cake of my enemies of my friends just because I've missed it and because we can and (laughs) because cake why not do you have many enemies to be eating the cake of my enemies don't know they're my enemies right 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 right. there there are many oh you're such a villain I know that's my evil trick is that I'm going to, when it's my birthday, put something in the corner of my mouth, blow out my candles and watch my enemies just, I don't know what it would be, probably like chilli, pepper. Maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. And they'll be all wondering like, where could I possibly got this, why is this, this sensation ca- from? Why is it so spicy? And I'll yeah. Know. That's I'm as petty so as the evil. cheese Did you just think guy. of that now? Or is that I literally did. It just came into my head. I think there's a whole little evil part of my brain. The same part yeah. that, like, when you're driving is like, just turn the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like when you're on a bridge with your phone, it's like, just throw it off. Just throw it, just throw it. Yeah, it's that same evil little part of my brain. And probably yeah. why it was good that I wasn't on that roller coaster that we were talking about yes. earlier. Because my head would have yeah. been like, just abseil down. Yeah, just, just, just go, go for it. it. 
Why yeah, not? I'm qualified. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of And In Other News. We hope you've enjoyed it. And make sure you subscribe if you want to know when we post our next episode. Bye. Bye.